Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. The theme for this year at church is Rebuild. Christine Gershom shares with us today on how it is time to rebuild our foundation. Hi Church, what a joy and pleasure it is for me to share the Word of God with you this very first Sunday of 2021. Uh, I hope you had a great New Year's Day. And as we heard Pastor Gesham share with us on the 31st night, that this new year is going to be all about God rebuilding us. And that promise is based on 1 Peter chapter 2, where Peter writes that God is rebuilding us into living stones uh, to be built into his spiritual temple so that we can offer sacrifices worthy of him. And so today I want us to look specifically at how we must rebuild our foundation. As any architect or civil engineer would tell you, the foundation is the most important part of a building. So what does the foundation do? Basically, the foundation bears the weight of the entire building. The foundation protects the building from storms and um, all kinds of calamities that nature could afford. It also protects the building from the seepage of moisture and water from below. And that prevents damage from within. And also, most importantly, the foundation provides a flat surface on which the building can be built. So overall, the foundation is the unseen part of a building, but is most vital to the stability of the building. And Jesus also speaks of a foundation. In Matthew, we're going to be looking at Matthew. We're going to be looking specifically at that passage where Jesus shares that parable of the wise and the foolish builder. If you've been to Sunday school like me, you will know that song, the wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish man built his house upon the sand, the rains came, the floods rose, and one house was left standing while one crashed to the ground. We're going to read it from the message version, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It says this, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Jesus was concluding his Sermon on the Mount. He had just taught his people um, a lot of things, a lot of things that they needed for their everyday life. And Jesus ended it by saying, therefore, basically he was bringing it to this culmination and saying, you can hear all of this with your ears, but if you don't apply it, if you don't build your life upon these words, you will be like a stupid carpenter. That's what he was saying. And it's very interesting in this parable, if you notice both the wise and the foolish men put in work for their houses. It's not like one was lazy. The foolish man was not lazy. He probably just cut cost on his foundation or probably just took the easy way out on the foundation. But both did labor over their houses. The second interesting thing is both of them were subject to the storms. Neither was exempt. A lot of times we think that if we have done right, we've done good, we're exempt from the storms of life. No, I have fresh revelation for you. All of us ha- are going to be hit by storms Sometimes we don't even know, come out of where. But storms are inevitable. Both the wise and the foolish men were hit by storms. 
Another interesting thing is the point of this whole parable is not the structure of the house. The point is the foundation. And so a lot of times in in that in the time that Jesus was talking, the scribes and the Pharisees had lives that portrayed righteousness on the outside, but deep within they were hollow. They had no relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus is emphasizing that he's saying on the outward facet of it, you could look like you had everything going. You could look like the most holy people on earth, but deep within, if you were not founded on Jesus, you were nothing. The foundation mattered. The final thing is that the emphasis is not really on us working to build that foundation because then it nullifies salvation through just simple faith. What it's actually emphasizing here is what John the Baptist talks about in keeping fruit or growing fruit in keeping with repentance. What does that mean? When I accept Jesus, when I know him personally, my life has to display something different. My life needs to look different and taste different. And that's what a foundation does. It's not the amount of work I put into it. It's actually the kind of relationship I have with Jesus. If it's a vibrant, robust one, the house that I build will look completely different. So ultimately, it's not about the house. It's about the foundation. And so I want us to look at how Jesus is really the rock of that foundation. Remember, the wise man built his house upon a bedrock. In certain translations, it says bedrock. And so how do we know that Christ is really this rock? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, this is what it says. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about your ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked to the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Isn't that amazing? It's such a clear definition of who Christ is. He was the rock then, he's the rock now. He is the rock that we must build our life on. If when Christ is the rock, he's, he undergirds our entire life. If you've walked with Jesus many years, you can probably attest to this, that he is the foundation I've built my life on. And no matter what has hit us, we've stood firm. And so today I want us to really look deeper at our lives and see how we may need to rebuild our foundations. And more importantly, how are we going to allow God to rebuild our foundations? It's only him who can rebuild us. So often we put in all the effort and we find we're unable to do it. We need God to help us. How are we going to allow him to rebuild our foundation today? The first thing that we're going to be looking at is that we need to really recognize his voice and we need to obey him. I'm going to be taking this out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 to 6. And this is what... Um, that passage is about, if you remember later on in Matthew, Matthew 22, um, the people ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus begins with quoting this particular verse. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And that's what is based out of Deuteronomy. And so today, if we want to rebuild our lives, if we want to rebuild our foundations, we need to go back to the basics. And the basics are loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. So this is what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It's, it, it almost talks about an extreme kind of affection for God. We're living in a time when the voices that are bombarding our senses um, are crazy. We have social media, we have the voices of friends, of peers, of contrary doctrines and ideologies, 
um, culture, things that have been set up, pop culture, so many voices. How do we recognize his voice and obey? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 begins with this, Hear, O Israel. So this is the Shema prayer which every Jewish person wakes up in the morning and prays. And Shema means actually hearing with all your senses. And it's not just hearing, it's saying pay attention, wake up, focus. And, and the beauty of this is the word Shema actually means not just listen, it also means obey. There is no Hebrew word for the word obey. Instead, the word Shema actually means listen and obey. And so it just goes to say what Jesus was telling his disciples. Hey, you've listened to what I've said. You've sat on this mountain with me. You've heard everything I've spoken, but it's also necessary that you obey it. The wise man is one who builds his house on rock. Why is he wise? Why is he called wise by Jesus? Because he listened to the word, he absorbed it, and he obeyed. It is imperative today for us in order for us to rebuild these foundations that we have to be able to recognize his voice over all the other voices and obey him. Simple ways in which we can recognize his voice, get into his word, chew deeply on his word. It's very easy to recognize the voice of God when we're actually deep in his word because it's his word. It comes from his mouth. And so if you're constantly in, in the presence of his word, it's very easy to discern his voice in our everyday life. Second thing is important to obey, to actually do what it says. Growing up, I've grown up in a Christian home. I've grown up in surroundings where we were told to obey the word of God. And so for most of my teenage years and adolescent years, I put myself to the stress of, oh my God, I'm not obeying God's word. I felt like I was just falling short. But the beauty of having the Holy Spirit as our help is that we can tell him we need help, Lord. Help me to put into practice what I'm reading. And he does that and more. So the first thing, hero Israel, we need to listen. We need to listen and obey. That's the first thing. The second thing is we need to remove the extra fittings. Looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 again, it says, The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. This was a time when the Israelites were going to head into a promised land. They're going to be really facing a whole bunch of new idols and deities that the foreign land, the people of the foreign land were going to have in their midst. And so God was telling them, Hey, listen, you serve me and me only. You love me and me only. What I mean by that is so often our lives are built on a bunch of things. We think it's built on Jesus, but then you'll find there are subtle additions. There are additions of our career. There are subtle additions of our family, of our relationships. Sometimes very good things become foundations on which we build our life. It could be our marriage. It could be our children. It could be even our calling or our ministry. But today I want us to look deeper and find what are those extra fittings. Is there a Jesus plus something that is our foundation? It's time to remove that something. Because the beauty of the gospel is this, Jesus plus nothing is everything. We don't need any additions to Jesus to this foundation. The foundation is enough when it's just Jesus. I want to ask you today, what are some of those additions you have put into your life? I know for a fact when I was listing some of the things that over the years has been my foundation, that it was quite, it was quite surprising to me that there, was th there were things like um, finances. I needed to have a foundation of, you know, safety, a safety net. Maybe it was influence, needing to influence people are right. These were all good things in itself. But the sad thing was Jesus was not the sole foundation. So I want to ask you today, what are some of the add-ons you've added to your foundation? It's time that we remove those extra fittings and come back to the basics that Jesus is enough. The wise man 
he built his house on the rock but the foolish man incidentally he builds it on sand so what the sand does is sand is loose it allows moisture to seep in and what happens is from below as the flood waters were rising as the tornadoes were hitting the water was seeping in into the building and weakened it from from below and that's what anything that is an add on to our foundation does to our life it could be something even something like being an influencer maybe that's something that is our foundation maybe it is um even sharing the gospel with someone but we've forgotten that jesus is our foundation he is our everything and sometimes the very good things in our life could uproot us without us even knowing it so i want to ask us today what are those add ons maybe it's your career maybe it's your family maybe it's your marriage maybe it's the search for that life partner which has taken up your whole life you think that if that happens your foundation will get stronger hey can i just bring you back to this only jesus can be our foundation he's enough he's enough for everything so that's the important thing jesus alone that's the gospel jesus plus anything else is no gospel at all the third thing that i want us to look at from deuteronomy chapter 6 is that we must reinforce our foundation if there were other things if there were extra fittings in our foundation there's a chance that our foundation has been weakened and today it's time that we reinforce the foundation i want us to look at deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 this is what it says and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength and all of this looks like it's an like i said it's an extreme kind of devotion and love and are we even capable of it i, I don't know about you but it kind of scares me lord am i capable of this kind of love for you but the beauty of it is this this is what god has told moses he's saying they need to forsake everything else and love me god's not putting a greater demand on them he's just telling them to love me but he's saying love me with everything you have the word heart is actually, is a, is a beautiful word it's not just the physical organ because the heart in the, in the olden times when the when the hebrew writers wrote the heart was the seat of will and of affection and even today we make a lot of decisions based on our heart we make a lot of um, choices based on where our heart is at and so today god's asking us will you devote all of your heart to me every decision every choice every act of will will you direct it towards me before i even get into the words of heart soul and strength i want to direct you to the word for love which is ahava ahava basically is love in action it's not enough to say god i love you during worship it's so easy to say lord i love you so much but this ahava is actually love put into action how do we how do we emote it to god how do we show him that we love him it's very simple all of our life every energy of our life has to be directed towards him has to involve him at the center and that's how we reinforce this foundation and the beauty of it is that when we devote all of our heart to him when we devote all of our soul what is the soul what is the soul that he's talking about the soul is our the essence of our living being the strength we have in our bodies the capabilities we have even the the the, the things that we don't have as a strength even our weaknesses all of it is directed towards him every inch of our physical being is devoted towards him that's what it means to have all of our soul soul the word is nefesh which means every bit of our living being and the finally final thing it talks about is and all of your strength and the interesting thing about strength is it's the word for it mayot is actually doesn't it doesn't mean strength it just means um a high extent or a great degree 
it it means literally very much so what he's writing about here is basically hey give everything you have to god all your energy all of your effort all of your capacity and today if you're sitting there thinking that's too much of an ask i need to give all of my energy to my work my children need all of my energy my home needs all of my energy my job needs all of my energy can i just reinforce the foundation for you today jesus needs all our energy in this new year we are all prepared to work so hard at our jobs we prepared so hard to work at the things that we that creatively stimulate us but can we put a pause in that and say lord i'm going to devote all my energy into loving you the demand is actually not so big he's not saying do great things for me he's saying love me love me with everything you have i don't know what that love looks like to you how you're going to demonstrate that love to him but the word mayor actually has so many meanings if you could take some time to study that word the word actually means that you can love god in a myriad of ways you could be generous with him and show him your love you could um spend time with his people talk to them encourage them that could be the way you show him your love there are endless possibilities in which you can show your love to god and that's what this passage is all about it's telling telling people to hey take a breath listen i want to speak to you i want to tell you that you need to love me first and foremost when i was reading this i was so convicted because yes jesus has been my first love for the longest time but so often so often in, in just the rush of of life you know as as a wife as a mother as a daughter as a daughter-in-law i have forgotten the first love my foundation has been so mixed up i had to go back deep down and say lord i want you if i love you the most everything else fades away all those add-ons have to get removed and i can tell you this they don't get removed within just one prayer it takes time but are you ready to reinforce your foundation today by demonstrating your love to god as i begin to close this sermon what i want to leave with each of you is this from isaiah chapter 33 verses 5 to 6 this is what it says though the lord is very great and lives in heaven he will make jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness in that day he will be your sure foundation providing a rich store of salvation wisdom and knowledge the fear of the lord will be your treasure the beauty of loving god with all our heart soul and strength is this that he becomes the foundation in another translation it talks about how he is the surety and the stability of your times i'm sure you'll agree with me that we live in the most unstable of times but isn't it reassuring to know that when jesus is the foundation our lives are stable and not only that it says he will provide a rich store of salvation wisdom and knowledge so everything we need to conduct this life here on earth is provided for when jesus is the foundation so i want to encourage you today if you're still having doubts about whether you want to make jesus the sole foundation of your life this there's proof in this he will provide you salvation wisdom and knowledge so he's a sure foundation make him your foundation um as much as the foundation is important what people actually see is the life that you build on top of that foundation that's the, the irony is that we work so hard on the foundation but all that people see are is the house right in the same way the foundation that we build on christ is only between you and jesus it's because of the relationship that you share with jesus but what others see is what is built upon that life i want us to read 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 12 to 15 this is what it says for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have 
Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. The interesting thing about this analogy is that the foundation is done, it's built. But then what we build on top of that foundation is up to us. Are we building right now with hay, with wood, with stones, with brick? What are we building with? Ultimately, the judgment day, when we stand before that judgment seat, whatever we built based on the foundation we laid will be exposed and be shown to God for what it is. So I don't know about you, when I was reading this verse, it scared me because I realized I need to be so much more intentional in the foundation that I lay at home, in in what I teach my children, in what we demonstrate to them. Because ultimately, when I stand before God on that day, everything is going to be exposed. What I built on and what was revealed, everything is going to be seen to him. And so I want to encourage you today to think deeper. This is not something that ends with you. You can make a decision today to lay a foundation with Christ, have a deep relationship with him. And then every step of the way, you will need his help so that what you build on top of that is what pleases him. I'm reminded of two two people who were born in the 1700s and um, they are like a textbook case of what a good foundation does. These two men, one was Max Jukes and the other one was Jonathan Edwards. Both of these men were born in the same era in different parts of the United States. And um, researchers, you know, guys who do lineage studies, they started studying both of their families and they came up with very interesting um, realizations about both these men. So Jonathan Edwards, I don't know if you know, but he was a Puritan preacher of the 1700s, extremely influential in Christian circles because he would go and share the gospel and many thousands were saved. Max Jukes, on the other hand, was a petty criminal. He and his wife... Uh, had no belief system. Um, they raised children in, a, in an environment of no belief in God. And um, his generations to follow suffered for it. On the other hand, Jonathan Edwards and his wife had 11 children. And his wife and him, he had a full-time job, mind you. He had a full-time job apart from being a preacher. He would come home every day from work. And his wife and him would sit with their children, speak about things of God, share things from the Bible. And then he would lay his hand on every single one of his child and pray for them. And this is what researchers found when they did a family tree from both these men. Um, they, They ran it down many generations to see what became of these families. And this is what it says. Jonathan Edwards' legacy includes one U.S. vice president, one dean of a law school, one dean of a medical school, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, and 285 college graduates. Every single one of his descendants contributed to the economy of the country. None of them actually took away anything from the country. On the other hand, Max Jukes, when researchers checked his legacy, this is what they got. Seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 paupers, and 440 who were physically wrecked by addiction to alcohol. 
Of the 1,200 descendants that were studied, 300 died prematurely. Now, this is not to say that one man was superior to the other. That is not the point of this study. That, that was not the idea. What researchers were shocked by was that one man with his wife had laid a very strong foundation. Their foundation was in Jesus and nothing else. And out of that stemmed lives that actually mattered. Max Jukes' family, they cost the country millions of dollars. Whereas Jonathan Edwards' children actually contributed to the economy of the country. They contributed to the development of the country. Today, I don't know about you, but I know that the legacy I leave has to contribute to the world in some way. And in order for us to do that, in order for our lives to count for something, the foundation that we lay matters. Is your foundation in Jesus? Is your foundation a strong, vibrant relationship with Jesus? Today, that's what he's calling us to do. The beginning of this year, it's a great time to write down and say, Lord, I want my foundation to be solely you. No longer all those other fittings. No, no longer all those other add-ons. I just want it to be you. I want to be able to recognize your voice, Lord. I want to recognize your voice. I want to obey you. I want to remove every other fitting. And most importantly, Lord, I want to reinforce that foundation by demonstrating my love for you. It may mean this year that I'm regular to church. It may mean this year that I'm going to tithe regularly. Maybe it's going to mean this year that I'm actually going to love my family, the family that you've given me within the four walls. It may mean that I devote more time to personal study. I don't know what this love looks like to you, but it's between you and your God. It's very personal to you. So I'm not going to dictate anything to you. But this is what I'm going to say. Will you reinforce that foundation? If you're saying, I don't know who Jesus is, he sounds like a pretty intense guy. He's spoken some stuff which is really life-changing. It's true. He is life-changing. He is the son of God. He is God in the flesh. And he was sent down for each one of us. And when he comes into our life, he changes everything. He makes things better. He gives us clarity. Mostly, he saves us for eternity. So no more is eternal death something that scares us. But now we know that we will have life with him forever. That's who Jesus is. And to accept him into your life, it's so simple. All we have to do is accept that we are truly sinners for really all of us are sinners. And all you and I have to do is accept that I'm a sinner and I need him. And that's all it takes. He comes in, he resides with you. He helps you on this journey called life. So if you like Jesus in your life, if you're saying I need Jesus, the beginning of this year, the year looks so foreboding. I need Jesus. Can I just pray this prayer with you? If you could repeat it after me. Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I need you, Jesus, to come into my life. Take over it. Change me as you see fit. And use me for your purposes. Thank you for coming to earth, for dying for me, and for rising again, and living today, and giving me all the power that I need for this life. I thank you, and I love you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. And so from now on, all you need to do is go deep with Jesus. Get into his word. Read his word. Pray. Just speak to him like you would speak to a friend. And just you will be amazed at how talkative God is. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you how much he loves you. So I urge you to put down deep roots and to lay a firm foundation 
Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.